Does Templeton Marsh, Canada's top auto dealership buy-sell firm, have a crystal ball? No, nobody has one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the February 9th, 2024 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest this week is here to set the table for the country's biggest auto show. He'll tell us how he got the number of brands on display to nearly double this year over last. He has details on an expanded electric vehicle test track. And he'll talk about some of the other experiential exhibits at the Canadian International Auto Show, which runs February 16th to the 25th in Toronto. All that and more when I speak with CIAS General Manager Jason Campbell on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Jason, thanks for joining me on the podcast once again. Greg, it's great to be here. It's auto show time, so it's an exciting time of the year. I'm very excited for this year's show. How did last year's success, and it was a successful show by just about every measure, even though there weren't as many automakers there. Uh, how did last year's success affect the planning of this year's show? What did it do for you, work against you, help you? What was it like? Well, the success last year really helped us know for sure that we could pull this off and it was going to go ahead. Because last year when we were going into the show, you think about it, we were in the summer of 2022. There were still questions about, is there going to be a resurgence of COVID? Are we going to get shut down again over the winter? And so the planning and actually the, the push the go button for last year's show really wasn't done until middle of December for the February show. And so we were scrambling like crazy to try and pull it all together in what would normally be like an eight-month window into a, a two-month window. But this year, we know the show was going ahead. We had great feedback from our clients. Um, you know, there was certainty from the consumers that they liked what they saw. So it helped us with, uh, with our long-term planning. And it, it also encouraged manufacturers to sign up early. Last year for the show, there was a lot of you know, looking around at your neighbors saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you going? Are you going? This year, there's none of that. And everyone was committed and wanted their space. And that really helps with the, the long-term planning and able to map out what we do and also to commit for more space. So we've recommitted to the full use of the convention center, which we scaled back a little bit last year. But with additional brands we've got this year, we were able to sit on our proper full footprint and and make it a, a better experience for consumers and offer more options for the consumers when they're there. We ran the story on automotivenews.ca. You've got at least seven brands to return to the show, and that includes Ford, a major automaker. How did you do it? Um, did they just want to come back? Did you have to convince them to come back? How did you get more brands? And are there more than seven that we've reported in the past coming to the show? Yeah, I, I would say there's, there's a total of 44 car brands at the show this year versus 28 that we had last year. We've got 12 what I'd call mainstream car brands that have returned to the show, none of which have left. So, you know, we've got obviously Ford and Lincoln, which we're, we're very happy to have back because, you know, we missed them last year. They're a big major part of the consumer marketplace. And, you know, they they saw the success and the number of people that came through. And, uh, you know, even from the early first weekend of the show, we were talking to them about and showing them through saying, look, let's get you guys back as part of this program. And they've been a very eager participants and have occupied. They actually Ford has the largest single footprint in the show this year with their brand. So they're back in a in a big full way, which we're happy. But also there's a number of other smaller brands that have come in and uh, and, you know, brands like Porsche have come back and taken actually their largest footprint that they've ever had in the show, a 10,000 square foot standalone display. Infinity is back and joining uh, joining Nissan display. 
uh, and also some smaller brands. Uh, you know, I would say that you know our focus so heavily on electric vehicles for the industry has brought in other players like Volvo and Polestar, and uh, you know we've Fisker, uh, Rivian. They're all coming in, and you know Lotus is bringing some none unseen before product that they haven't had here in Canada, one of their electric cars. And we also attracted some smaller brands. We just announced Ineos Grenadier coming in. It's coming in with the Delari Group, and that's going to be showcased on the show for the first time. And, uh, you know, we've got a small display from BMW. Happy to have them back in the show in, in at least a limited capacity. And I think that we'll see more and more brands coming back over time. Uh, we're, we're really excited about being able to provide a much broader experience for our consumers because that was the one challenge we had last year uh, was, you know, a lot of consumers were coming expecting to see everybody and we didn't have everyone, but we've got a much better selection this year and that's going to help us with our, with our audience engagement. We've seen online uh, a lot of really positive comments about some of the releases and we've got more announcements to come between now and opening day. I had seen some scuttlebutt on social media that there might be some Teslas in town. Are they part of CIAS? Are they doing their own thing? What can you tell me about Tesla? Will there be any there? Well, Tesla's been at our show for the last 10 years, and uh, they have a higher presence this year, I guess, because because they have are bringing more cars, and obviously the one car which they're bringing, which is the Cybertruck, is something that a lot of people have been talking about for the last four years. Um, you know, a number of brands, you know, a number of Folks ask the question, you know, because they have a different sales model than uh, than the traditional dealership model, um, you know, why are they there? But we as a show are trying to be the best things that we can be for our consumers. And the consumers out there want to see the full range of products available in the marketplace. And we've, you know, we've had Tesla in the show for, for a long time and uh, we'll continue to do so. But there's so much other great product that's coming on the show that uh, that no one brand is going to stand out. General Motors has got all four brands again. Again, they're bringing their A-game. And we've got uh, some really great stuff that's going to be available for consumers to test drive on our indoor test track, uh, including an electric Hummer, which is going to be an experience for many people. The Ford Lightning pickup truck is going to be available on the, on the test drive track. In fact, there's going to be a total of 15 different vehicles that consumers can test on our indoor EV test track and another 12 that they can do outdoor test drives with. So uh, it's going to be a full experience, not just browsing for cars, but testing different vehicles inside and outside, which is uh, a big growth of what we did last year. How did going from 28 brands to 44 brands affect that EV test track. I think you just said that some of it will be outside. I don't think that was part of it last year. What changes can we expect on that EV test track and how did the sheer volume of vehicles coming back to the show affect that part of the planning? Well, we've had to limit a little bit, you know, we can't just let full access to everybody. You know, it's, it's, is a juggling exercise to let everybody have an opportunity to drive these different vehicles. We offer consumers a two lap test experience. And of course it's not the same as testing a vehicle on real road conditions that you can do on the outdoor version of this, but it does give you a, an idea if you've never driven an EV for the, and you're doing this for the first time, a little bit, what it's like, what's the feel, what is, what are the, uh, what, what's the interior features of the vehicle, you know, the, the, the different selling points of the vehicle be explained when you're sitting waiting for your ride. And one of the big changes we've done this year is we're instituting a new system where you don't have to 
sign up, sit and wait for your drive. You sign up, you register, you pick your time, and then you come back within a 15 minute window. So there's a lot more time for shopping and a lot less time for, for lining up. But the test track is, is very popular. And it's, I think, one of the reasons why we've been able to attract a number of additional brands to come back to the show, because it is a, it is obviously a major driving focus for many manufacturers in, in moving forwards in their uh, in their evolution of the uh, of the vehicle powertrain. Do you have an idea of how many electric vehicles will be available to test drive this year, and and how does that compare to last year's figure? Well, on the indoor track, we've got 15 vehicles uh, available for test drives, and uh, that's really at our about our limit of what we can achieve. Uh, last year, we had nine, but you know, there's a physical limitation to the space, so we can only do so many, and we've got to provide a, a great experience for the brands that are there. Uh, but doing the outdoor drives also gives a, an added number of test drive availabilities, and so having another dozen vehicles that we can test outside on the main real road conditions and we're running south of the convention center down towards uh, queens key lakeshore area and uh, you know we, we believe we're probably going to be able to fit in at least another 1500 test drives on the outdoor track um, in addition to the ones inside so it'll be a an added number of rides that we've done this year than last year last year we hit over 6,000 test drives with the added number of brands i think we're going to be closer to 10 to 12,000 test drives that we'll end up doing this year God, I feel like everything you tell me has almost doubled compared to last year. This is almost double the number of brands, double the number of EVs, double the number of, of EV test drives. How big can this thing really get? Are, are you pushing your limits this year or are you already looking at 25 going, we can grow this thing even more? Well, the, the main physically, we can't grow any bigger. We occupy every nook and cranny of the building. It's the, the main challenge for us that we still are not there yet. We would like to have every brand that's selling in the country back into the show. And, uh, you know, I would love to see some of the brands that, uh, you know, are focused, say, on more digital marketing this year to come back and re-engage in the physical experience again. Because in our opinion, there's really the key thing that will will help people you know, select different brands and, and add new brands to their, their consideration list. And uh, some, you know, one of the challenges that the marketplace faced and the manufacturers faced is that during the pandemic, they scaled back. They didn't, they lost some staff and, you know, obviously events went away. And so a number of the mid to smaller brands, you know, lost some of their event managers and obviously focused on digital. And, uh, you know, it's harder for the younger digital generation that's marketing on the digital side to to come back and do the live event side again. And I think that uh, we're slowly getting there. We've had more brands join. One of the things we did this year was offer an opportunity for brands to do a turnkey package to make it simpler for them so that they don't have to do all of the organization that, you know, it's a big job to put together an auto show and and even as a brand to to manage the auto show. So we made it easier and simpler for a number of brands to join that that don't have the capacities. And I think that's helped us draw in some additional brands into into the mix and will we'll be good for our consumers to see more brands on the show floor. Because if we had one criticism of the show, one was, you know, it, it did get too busy at the occasions last year because we were shrinking our footprint. And so it was more congested in certain days. Uh, we, by expanding into the full footprint, that will be alleviated. Um, but also, um, you know, there was a re- request to see more brands. And so our big focus this year was to try and find a way to bring in the bigger selection for our consumers. And we're, we're getting there. We're not uh, 100% there yet, but hopefully in the next year or two, we'll, we'll get back to where we were pre-pandemic and, 
and uh, have the, the fullest experience of all of our big consumer brands of the show. We'll be right back after this short break. Our competitors will pretend they have a crystal ball. We don't pretend or actually have one. However, the partners that make up the Templeton Marsh team collectively have over 240 years of experience in the retail, wholesale, marketing, and financing side of the Canadian auto business. And buying, selling auto dealerships is all we do. We do not expend time, effort, or energy on peripheral businesses. Between us, we have looked at nearly 200 transactions, successfully batting at nearly 1,000%, closing mandates, and getting more repeat business than our competitors. From whom do we get repeat business and how? We get repeat business because we have the strongest word of mouth presence in the industry. And once we deal with a buyer, they become our friends and clients for life. Additionally, we provide personalized hands-on service and attention to details from the very first cup of coffee or dinner to the post-closing dynamic. We are there for our clients every step of the way. Our partners are absolutely at the top of their respective fields, and our clients notice this fact. What sets us apart? We start by building relationships and delivering results based on integrity, discretion, our knowledge of the business and the market, and by far, the best network of contacts in Canada. Our clients rely on us to be honest and candid, provide them with accurate information based on thorough analysis of their needs and the market. We don't share with our clients what they want to hear, rather what they need to hear. And this honesty, combined with the fact that we do not compromise our principles to secure a mandate, is what actually gets us a mandate. To connect with us, please visit our website at templetonmarsh.com or call us at 416-880-8989. Welcome back to the podcast where we're hearing from CIAS GM, Jason Campbell. Do you feel like automakers are seeing the value of auto shows or at least bigger shows such as yours? Are they saying, you know what, these really are important. We have to be there. What What's that feedback like or what are you hearing from automakers when it comes to the value of auto shows? Well, I guess if you look at the, the global shows, the big international shows that were, you know, huge huge expense and, and you know, huge media uh, attention grabbers, you know, pre-pandemic, those I would include would be, let's say, Geneva or the Frankfurt show, which is now Munich um, or Paris. Those are struggling because, you know, the cost versus sales were were, were very small and we had the, the cost was high and the, and the sales impact was low. Shows like ours, which are very focused on consumers. You know, we've got a huge number of consumers in southern Ontario that drive a huge percentage of our our, our sales uh, in Canada. Uh, our shows are, are doing well, and other shows around North America are still doing very well that uh, that engage a huge number of consumers. And I think auto shows will be much more consumer-based. Media has totally changed over the, the course of the last, well, it's been a decade in changing, but it's really accelerated the last few years. And so, you know, many of the brands that are coming to our show are have, have got Canadian premieres, but they're not doing press conferences. Um, but they're showcasing to the consumers. And so they do want to show their new product. And uh, and for us, that's great. We've got a, a changing media day program. We've still got a, a seven different brands doing presentations, uh, which is different than the 
25 brands that we would have before, but it doesn't limit the number of new products available for consumers to see and the media that are there to experience. We've got over um, over 30 new Canadian brands being premiered at the show this year. And so that's uh, that's a, a big step up uh, from what we had uh, you know, last year at the show. One thing that makes the Canadian International Auto Show so new, so unique, at least to me, is the fact that it has all kinds of experiential things to do and see that aren't necessarily specific to auto retailing and selling vehicles and, and reveals. And I'm talking about something like the Lego exhibit, for example, last year. What's on tap this year outside the realm of just displaying and selling vehicles to the consumer? What other things are there to do at the auto show this year? Well, you're right, Greg. Our show focuses more than I think any other auto show in the world, mainstream one. We really focus on this. And I've been to almost all of the major auto shows globally, and none of them have such a big focus as ours. We are continuing again with a big classics display. Cobble Beach Classics are back with a 10-vehicle display. Uh, we have we have Autostrada presenting a, a series of Canadian collector cars together with Barrett-Jackson. Um, you know, these are really the ooh-ah kind of cars. Grand Touring Automobiles and, and FAF are, are both having major displays at the show this year. Grand Touring Automobiles is celebrating their 50th anniversary, and they've really pulled up the stops. They've got... Uh, 10 vehicles on display in their area alone, as well as four brands that have never been seen at an auto show in Canada, just in their display. They're headlining our media day with the, the Rimmits, which is coming in, this electric hypercar, and the CEO is coming. And uh, we've got a, an IndyCar display. We've got uh, a really interesting collection of uh, celebrities that are coming in for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony with Dario Franchitti. He's coming in on the... Uh, for an event on Wednesday night to next week. Uh, we've got Richard Hammond going to be joining us as well from Top Gear fame and the Grand Tour. And, uh, you know, James Hinchcliffe is also coming and, and a couple of really interesting IndyCars on exhibit. Uh, Lego, of course, is back. They sold 18, I think it was 18 pallets of Lego last year. And so that was a, a huge success for them. And they've got some great family fun activities. And Hot Wheels is back with uh, with Mattel's uh, Barbie car. So, I mean, there's a lot. And one thing we haven't announced yet, but we'll do, Ferrari of Ontario are building a, a display of seven vehicles. And it's a standalone display representing uh, a, a really beautiful collection of, uh, of vehicles, which we haven't had a Ferrari display in the show for over 15 years. And so we're excited to showcase that. Uh, you know, we really try to mix it up with exotics, with, you know, mainstream products and the, the one of the kind stuff that uh, you don't get to see if you're shopping in a showroom. And that's what makes the show so much different than than a traditional auto show that you'd find in other cities. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I've never been to a show that has as much stuff that isn't directly related to selling the vehicle and marketing the vehicle um, than the CIA, CIAS. I mean, you guys do a great job of all of that stuff you just mentioned, which makes it truly unique. Last year, I asked you whether showgoers might feel they were paying full price to see fewer automakers. So I have to ask this year, what's the pricing for the show when compared to 2023? Because it seems like they're going to get a whole lot more. Does that mean prices rise as well? No, we've kept the price stable. I mean, our main task is to drive consumer interest in the uh, in the new car buying experience for the spring selling season. So that's our focus. We want to drive as many consumers into the show as possible. And, you know, obviously we're in a, a challenging economic period. And, uh, 
people are struggling and you know the time for us is not now to be to be raising prices there's lots of great opportunities for getting discounted tickets in fact we've got actually about 40 percent more i think it's 42 percent as of this morning more dealer tickets sold this year than last year uh 20 more uh on our vip night experience so you know a lot of people are looking forward to seeing the the bare naked ladies playing on vip night this year and uh, so there's a lot of enthusiasm and interest, but we're we're really focusing on, on trying to maintain and ideally grow the number of consumers that come in and experience the products of the brands that are showcasing here. And uh, you know, I, we're not uh, we're not doing anything to to raise prices. We're going to make it easier for people. Last question or topic: We've heard across the country and even into the United States where dealers and dealer associations and dealer groups are sort of having to take the reins when it comes to auto show displays because automakers themselves don't want to spend the money on some of the shows. Do you have a breakdown of how many of the displays are spearheaded by the automakers themselves and how many are put on by the dealers or dealer groups or dealer associations? Or or can you just comment in general, if you don't have that, on how important the dealers have been to make sure vehicles show up on the floor? Well, dealers are always a critical part, (laughs) you know, we represent the dealers, the new car dealers of Ontario, and they, they they play a vital role. Each manufacturer that's coming to the show has a discussion with their dealer body and seeks their input and support before they make an investment. And there's always some collaboration, and it varies manufacturer to manufacturer. Some manufacturers pick up the whole tab. Some manufacturers have a cost split arrangement, uh, and and some some you know have an association with their with their dealer body, which sees them funding a you know a larger chunk of, of their participation. Um, this year, it's been well reported that uh, the the Stellantis dealer group is is providing funding for uh, for this major Camp Jeep exhibit that which we've had last year, which was really the star of the show, and I'm sure will be another huge hit this year. Um, but it's done in collaboration with with the headquarters because the headquarters has a has a say in making sure that the brand looks and feels the way it's supposed to, and uh, and you know you won't see any difference in terms of the, the the product display and and the Camp Jeep experience that you see at the show this year. Um, you know we we for the smaller brands, uh, some of the shows across Canada rely totally on dealers. I don't think there's any of our displays that are totally dealer uh, driven. We've had some that are dealer supported, and we'll be staffing some of them. And uh, but for the major major exhibits, they're they're very focused on uh, heavy corporate involvement uh, in planning and and execution. Jason, it is one of the uh, biggest weeks of the year in automotive in Canada, and I'm glad we had the chance to set the table. Look forward to hitting the showroom floor, and uh, we'll see you in Toronto. I appreciate this. Great, Greg. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. I'd like to thank Jason for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. And again, the Canadian International Auto Show runs February 16th to the 25th in Toronto. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.